Hello everyone, this is Miriam. You are welcome to Journeys with Podcast. This is the fourth episode of Journeys With and I can't believe that we are going to the fourth episode already guys. You know what, little by little guys, we're actually going forward. So if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, you are very welcome. Journeys With is like a safe house where I have precious guests who I invite in to share their life journeys and testimonies with us. I believe everyone has a story, everyone is on a journey, no story is little, no journey is irrelevant and it's amazing what can take place by listening to people's journeys and testimonies. Journeys With is available on Apple Podcasts now, on iTunes, on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, all the major audio platforms. Sorry guys if I'm swallowing my saliva. I just had a really sweet drink right now before I recorded and so it's like ooh. But yeah, I'm so excited guys. I have my very good friend Lisa with me here. Hi Lisa. Hi Miriam and hi everybody. <laughs> so I'm so excited for today's episode guys um, because Lisa is one of the guests that I wanted to have on this podcast. Even before I started it, I knew that I can't have this podcast without featuring an episode with Lisa. And so I'm really excited that she's here today. So today we're going to talk about an important, you know, a subject that I wanted to talk about which I think is important. And we're going to talk about dealing with loss and grief and the fact that there is there's life after a loss. There's life after grief. And we're also going to talk about the importance of impact, understanding, you know, the importance of impact, the impact that people have on our lives and the importance of thinking of legacy and impact even as we are leaving. So it's going to be a very interesting conversation, one that is not always very easy to talk about, but I think it's an important discussion that we're going to have. So, you know, it's not going to be a depressing episode. I believe it's going to be a hopeful, inspiring episode. So, you know, Lisa, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm also very excited to be here. Yeah, I think you're a very beautiful person and that your story, you know, your story is amazing. And, you know, I just want people to know that when I ask questions, they come from a very, very good place. And, you know, I have people in front of me that I believe will be, will inspire people and that have a story to share. So, yeah, we're going to talk about dealing with loss and grief as a Christian, non-Christian, knowing that. You know, talking about the, 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 you know, the healing process, uh, talking about, you know, the importance of impact, as I said, and the importance of thinking of legacy. So before we start, well, we are starting now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Lisa, tell us a little bit about you. I know that you have a very beautiful fro right now. <laughs> very beautiful. Natural look. Yes. So tell us a little bit about you. How was your childhood? How, how did you grow? Were you the stubborn type? <laughs> Were you the angel type as oh. a child? Um, so my full name is Lisa Chanel. Um, okay. I actually grew up in Germany. So I was born in Germany and grew up in Germany. Um, I lived with, with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm Ghanaian as well. Um, so I grew up in Germany till I was 10 with my mother until we moved to the UK. Um, then my father and my sister joined us. So, 
Naturally, I grew up kind of as an only child, so I was kind of spoiled because um, my mother (laughs) (laughs) was working a lot. It wasn't easy for a single mum, in a way, in Mm. Germany um, to, you know, make sure that I can go to school, take care of myself while she works. Um, So I kind of grew up independently, in a way. Because well, you're saying that you were spoiled as well, like yes, because <laughs> normally people that grow up like you know, like you know, with mommy, dad, mommy and daddy working, they won't say that they were spoiled. They'll say, oh, I, I missed my mom and my dad. <laughs> you know, so how are you spoiled? Um, so in the times that when my mom would go to work, I would have to obviously go to school by myself. So yeah. she would make sure that I would have everything and anything that I want. <laughs> so mm. if I wanted that, if I wanted the dolly, if I wanted the sweet, mm-hmm. she would get all of that for me. So in a way I was kind of spoiled out usually kind of get what I wanted. Yeah. Um so That's yeah, cool. so when my sister joined, um I actually had to learn how to share. <laughs> oh. Which was a bit difficult. Yeah, but all this sister. Yeah, I have all the sister. Okay. So there's actually six of us all together. But I, I didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of us. Wow. But yeah, um but yeah, I grew up with one of my sisters only in okay. the UK. So um after that it took a while to adjust to um having my father in my life, which was mm. a bit difficult. Um having a man as a thorough as authority um in my life was kind of hard to adjust to especially because you had like you seen your mom doing it all like being the father being the mother all of a sudden you have this male alpha yeah (laughs) so i was like okay we had a lot of arguments a few arguments some physical arguments as a teenager yeah as a teenager it was it was kind of bad where in a sense of as a um, brought up as a Ghanaian um, you know yeah. how sometimes they're like when you're trying to sleep over at your friend's house and they're like oh yeah. this and this can happen um, I didn't understand why I would need to listen to my father why yeah. he has come out of nowhere and suddenly he's trying to command me so it, it took a lot of adjustments mm. um, but yeah we, we fought a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then eventually I went to uni Oh, wow. Yeah. So, what, during those times, yeah, like, were you closer to... Obviously, you were closer to your mother than oh, your yeah. dad. Oh, yeah. I was my... Like, I was my mum's handbag. That's what my family called me. Hey, wow. <laughs> mum's handbag. Every handbag. day, her mummy. Every day. Everything mummy. Everything mama. <laughs> mama this. Mama that. And in a sense of... um, I'm not a difficult person to understand, but I don't tend to talk about myself or, like... Hmm. explaining how I am I usually just give you Lisa happy Lisa that's it yeah. but my mum because she's my mother yeah. um, she just knew who I was yeah. what I don't like what I do like if I'm angry what not to do so yeah. if I'm angry just don't talk to me <laughs> let me cool down she knew everything about me so she was like my best friend like right. so like right. 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 we used to watch shows together like strictly come dancing anything funny yeah my mom was a very happy woman like mm. she laughs a lot so I just tried to make her laugh Mm. a lot so yeah so i was my mum my mum was my best friend so wow, yeah wow, 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 I see. definitely wow. <laughs> that's that's good you know because people say that you know i don't know why people have that image of oh girls and their mothers may not always get along but mm. then daddy's daughter yeah but you know sometimes it's not every day daddy's daughter is also it's mother's not. mommy's daughter it is yeah but it's funny because i did grow up as a daddy's girl 
But yes, I used to. When I was in Germany, mm-hmm. when me and my mum fought, I'd be like, I'm going to call Papa and tell him you did this. Wow, <laughs> I see. And I'll move in with my dad. Mm. But eventually, like, my mum was just, you know, my mother that cared for me, that loved me. Not that mm. my father didn't, but it's just that I connected with my mum in that way. Mm. And yeah. yeah. So how was it when you first started uni? How, when did you start uni? So I went to university. I went to the yes. University of Bedfordshire. Um, I went to uni in 2013. We started in the same year, you yes, know. Yes, we did. Well, we met, we met in the final year. Yes. I met Lisa in 2016. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't on. know where you were, Miriam. It's just hygiene. You know what? God is amazing how he brought us together. Honestly. Towards Honestly. the end. Towards People the say end. that, you know, because a lot of beautiful things happened in my final year of university. Mm. That's when I got to meet you. That's where I got to, you know, we talk about it a bit more, you know, about first love church. Yeah. That's when I grew in my Christianity yeah, in my final year of uni. Same, so, yeah. yeah. For you, how was it like the first year? Were you, like, were you looking forward to like, were you looking forward to leaving your, your house, like, mommy and daddy, like... Oh, yes. Is it? Oh, I, I want to be independent. It. Yeah. <laughs> For me, personally, um, because um, when we moved to the UK, we moved to Essex. So, mm-hmm. Essex is, is a very... What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> posh. Posh area. Um, very white area, I would say. Um, wow. Yeah, it was quite white in a, when I grew up there. For mm. example, in my year group in school, there were only six black people in my this? year group. Yeah, so I grew wow. up in a very white environment, especially in Germany as well. I grew up in a very white environment. So I was very used to that kind of environment. So when I went to uni... Yo. That's a hello. <laughs> Luton, <laughs> Mate, by the way. <laughs> Luton Town was a mixture of a lot of black people from Mad. different countries. So it is like this, you know. Yes, it is. And then also very Asian-oriented. So like... um eastern asian so just mm. a lot of asian and, and yeah and white people as well so it was a mixture of things and both i was very happy to leave um my household because i was happy to be away from my dad because at that mm. point me and my dad still had hadn't really gotten along that well mm. um i was happy to be away happy to live my best life yeah and when i mean my best life that means clubbing partying partying, Mm -hmm. drinking (laughs) so it's just independently doing that um and just yeah having but i feel like you know when you you know because when you're home yeah you're like oh i can't wait to leave mom and dad but then once you're in uni you tend to realize that oh you tend to miss the comfort you miss the home meals food yeah. you miss your your dad who maybe you never really spoke to now all of a sudden he's like, oh my god i want to talk to him <laughs> so was it like that like was it a thing where when you got to uni you you missed home a bit like you missed your dad you missed your mom <laughs> um when i actually got to uni the first time um i didn't miss no one actually <laughs> For a while, but the reason why I actually didn't miss anyone, especially my mom, um, is because she called me every day. Oh my god, I was <laughs> going to ask you. My mom did the same thing that first every week. Every day. Oh my, not just the first week, Miriam. Every day for the the ah. rest of the. <laughs> oh god. She called me every day, and it was like, ah, oh, mom. Mama, <laughs> like, I'm just. Oh, it's probably been a week, and, you're, and it's like I'm 
only 30 minutes. Well, I lived in Essex then. So I was only like, well, an hour, two hours away. Mm -hmm. It's kind of far, but... Um, yeah, she called me every day. I think what I did miss was the, the cooking because I didn't actually know how to cook. Like I said, I was very spoiled. So if I'm hungry, there's food there. Even like, I didn't really speak to my dad, but I don't like fish. You don't or you I do? I do not like fish at all. But like my dad, one thing he did do is when I came back from school, he would always ask me, have you eaten? Oh. So there's always food oh, for wow. me. Yeah. yeah. Even though we didn't speak, that's one thing he always made sure that I've mm. eaten. I feel like that was his way of trying yeah. to communicate to me, trying to, you know, are you like, okay? Um, Koreans. We are into Korean. <laughs> okay. Me and Lisa are into oh, yes. Korean culture and oh, Korean yes. dramas. Oh, yes. And Koreans have this thing where to say hello, they say pamogoso, which mm-hmm. means have you eaten? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Guys. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. So it's a sorry. way for, for him maybe to show his, um, exactly. Yeah. And, um, the major, because then all of them knew that I don't like fish. So if they were to make fish stew or fish soup, they always make a separate, portion mm-hmm. for me um so when i was in uni um one thing i struggled with is cooking because i don't know how to cook girl. yeah it's like in uni is where i learned how to make jollof just common stew um all of the, how to fry chicken how to grow it's like proper way like everything in uni i had to learn and i remember calling you my mom spoiled, ah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like i remember one time when i tried to make stew and jollof rice i mm. actually skyped my mom and my sister, and they were really laughing at me. Like, Aww. they were like, hey, Lisa's trying to mix you. Lisa is cooking. Hey, they were just shocked. But um, I was just on Skype with them, and they were instructing me how to cook and everything. Wow, wow, wow. So, yeah, it was, it was a wow, great start. Hmm, that would encourage people at uni, isn't it? That, mm. you know, before uni, maybe start cooking. Okay, no, sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's another wait, topic. Wait, yeah, that's another topic. Let's, let's not even get into that. So... All right, so you said that, you know, when you were at uni, you would, you know, you did mention your, your mother quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. So, mm, in terms of, in your first year, you're a student. Oh, I can't wait to leave home. <laughs> the independent life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you call your mom, your mom calls you every day like she did mm-hmm. for me in my first week. And in your second year of uni, well, I don't know if it was your second year. Ending of first year. Ending of first yeah. year. You hear that, you know, you find out that your mom has passed away, right? Yeah, it was before, but yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, so, like, like, <laughs> I don't know what to say, but it's like, how do you go through that as a student? Mm. Okay, I'm living my best life in uni. Mom, I'm cooking. What do you think of my cooking? And then all of a sudden, you find out, how did you go through that? What went through your mind in terms of... Um, that period in terms yeah mm. how yeah i don't know how to put the question because it's, it's okay. tough to talk about um, it, so if i give you a little bit of a background story yeah. um so when i was in um i believe we just came up from my christmas mm-hmm. holiday so january had passed it was february mm-hmm. um and in first year, what they used to do was give out free pizzas. I don't know if you remember. I, oh, gosh. Yeah. These one pound. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so it was on a Monday, I, be- mm-hmm. I believe, the 10th, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Me and my friend were eating the pizzas. And we were just talking about, ah, can't wait to eat my mum's cooking. Yeah. Trying to eat my mum's cooking. We just kind of, we were really talking about it. Just going home to collect some stew <laughs> from our parents' house. Mm. Um. And it was funny because that day I was actually meant to go out clubbing. 
as usual wow. that was my life living, clubbing, life. living my best life baby yeah. girl yeah yep. yep. <laughs> um and then um i said okay let me have a nap and then i will wake up to go so when i was about to get ready for my nap i didn't feel like going out there was yeah. something that didn't wow i just didn't feel like going something was wrong mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't shake off the feeling so i should i said let me just go to sleep so i went to sleep mm-hmm. woke up and that time i'd actually broken my phone I break my phone all the time, guys. It's, it's, I've had, like, I don't know how many phones are live, but, I, oof, it's, it's, yeah, I'll overcome that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'd broken my phone, so I'd woken up, and I couldn't shake off the feeling. So my housemates were all you getting... felt uneasy, isn't I it? felt so uneasy. My housemates were getting ready, and I was just delaying, delaying, delaying. I was like, I don't think I'm going to go. And I was messaging my friend on Facebook saying... I don't think I'm going to come out. I'm not sure I yet. Don't I don't, like I don't feel like, yeah. And then I got a message from my cousin saying, you need to come home. Your mum's in hospital. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh. So one thing about me is that when I hear mum going doctor, mum going hospital, mum eye appointment, anything to do with doctors, I just panic start getting all teary why, get why am i like you i'm the same way i don't like <laughs> yeah it. i just don't like it i'm like you're meant to be strong woman nothing wrong with you healthy mm-hmm, so what's mm-hmm. what's going on yeah yeah so um <clears throat> i i um was like okay um then i went to get my housemate's phone to call my sister mm-hmm. and my cousin didn't want to tell me what what was happening so i called my sister mm-hmm. and she was like She's in a coma. So, so I was this, this like... Wasn't ex- this wasn't unexpected, is not it? Not like expected, this- nothing. I just don't understand what's, what, do you, what do you mean. Because I spoke to her on Skype. Because my mom used to Skype video call me. When she found out she can do that, she was doing it a lot. And I think it was two weeks before that mm-hmm. she video called me with her hair. She had just done her hair and we're laughing and she looked fine. I don't understand. So because I lived in, I was in Luton yeah. and I lived in Essex, South End on Sea, it was a journey to get there as soon as mm-hmm. possible. So all I remember is getting dressed, running to the coach um, to catch a coach, to run, to get a train to C to C. And I went to my uncle's house in Westcliff, so mm-hmm. for those that know South End, I don't, I don't know. No, but yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a town basically, yeah. and that's where the hospital is. Okay. Um, so I have been crying, and so many things were going through my head. Coma. What does coma mean? What yeah. is a coma? What she you hear like? that in movies? Like, is she is she gonna make it? Is like, she, what is... what's going on? Um, like what, what happened so I was just crying and I couldn't mm-hmm. stop crying and I got to my uncle's house they just opened the door I just sat down they're like we're gonna take you and all I heard was my cousin saying her eyes are so red mm. and I was like okay <laughs> so then they took me to the hospital which is like 10 minutes away from my uncle's house and I just walked in and I just burst into tears when mm. I saw my mum um, she was just laying there she had a huge tube in her mouth yeah. and just just laying there so I couldn't, it took me quite a while to walk to her bed because it was a shock it was, course, it's a really it's a shocking scene to see because you see your mother strong and all of a sudden you see of course she's a shock yeah it? it was like tubes attached everything mm-hmm. I was like okay 
okay, take it easy. Um, so I walked up to her. Um, she looked like she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out. So basically what had happened was, um, on my mum's side, there's a lot of black clots issues. Right. And me and my mum had gone to Germany for a wedding beforehand. Right. And she got a black clot from it. Right. And they were injecting her with some medication that will make her blood thinner, which right. would then let the blood circulate easier. Yeah. So apparently, so I didn't know any of this. I found it all out in the hospital. So apparently she was, she was meant to take the injection for two weeks. She meant to inject herself. So the first week she did it and then she was complaining of headaches. Mm. Headaches so bad that she could barely turn her head. Indeed, we know. I didn't know. That she couldn't eat. So when she actually video called me that time, wow. she was suffering already and she didn't tell me. And I didn't know. <laughs> These mothers, they don't like to tell us parents, when they're suffering. Parents, parents, parents are, are, are incredible. Man. They go through stuff and they don't, they, to protect their children, yes. don't want to worry them. Anything. Because the way she was laughing, anything, you would never, you would never know. Think. That. Maybe during those times, you also her strength. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope she, so. She gained strength through seeing you. Yeah, because she was the... she was very happy mm-hmm. and her hair yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um. So the first week, so she stopped taking the injections because mm-hmm. she was like, "This is, I think this is what her headaches being caused by it." Right. So the week commences, commences, and her head head is still hurting, mm. and apparently on that Monday or Sunday I believe evening yeah she was going to work I think it was Monday it was actually Monday mm-hmm. so when I was eating the food saying oh I can't wait to go home that day happened yeah. she was going to work and it's actually it only takes her about 25 minutes to get to work but apparently it took an hour because she could barely walk so when she got wow. there all her work people her colleagues were thinking why is it taking her long to get to work and they were like oh when they saw her, they were like, no, she needs to go home. So they gave her, um, got a taxi for her, mm-hmm. said, go to the hospital. She went to the hospital. The hospital told her she needs to go back to her GP. Went to the GP. She said her head is hurting. Um, they yeah. just gave her painkillers. So she took <laughs> the painkillers. She went home. And she had actually messaged me on Facebook. Yeah. How are you? Please call me. Yeah, I missed it. And I missed it. I didn't mm. see that Facebook message. Mm. Um, and then my dad was working at that time and he got home basically around 5pm and when he opened the bedroom door, she was on the floor and apparently wow. um, stuff was coming out of her mouth. Mm. He called the ambulance and it actually turned out that she actually was dead. So they actually resuscitated her. Right. So right. they resuscitated her, but she never woke up. So yeah. that's when she went into a coma. So it turned out basically what had happened is that the injection obviously was making her blood thinner. Mm-hmm. A vessel popped in her brain. Ooh. So the blood was just flowing and flowing wow. and flowing. So wow. the headache wow. that wow. she was wow. having wow. Wow. was the pressure of the blood just expanding mm, yeah so she had like a huge balloon basically of blood in her brain wow so that's wow. what caused so wow. the end result of that was that she was actually brain dead i see and everything else was fine but she was brain dead and mm. 
I remember them telling us so. How old were you then? I was 19. So I wasn't too young. Wow. <laughs> By the grace. But I remember them telling us. She's still young, 19. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we were in the room and they said that they were going to do tests on her. So I remember when I got there, I just wanted to stay by her side. Right. But they were like, they're going to do tests on her, so just try get some sleep. Mm-hmm. But I, that's one thing I actually regret, that I actually left her side. Because we went to the waiting mm-hmm. room and I think I slept for like two hours or so. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, they gave us the results and I said, sorry, there's nothing else they can do. She's actually brain dead. Wow. She's not responding to anything. Um, wow. So they turned off the life machine. And mm. I remember when they turned off the life machine, her heart was beating for eight minutes straight. And you can just see getting slower and slower and wow. slower and slower. Wow. And you witnessed all yeah, that. Yeah, I witnessed wow. all that was there. Um, and I was just trying to take in everything because mm. I didn't realise then at that point, but that would be the last time I would see her physically mm. and feel her physically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, one thing I remember doing is just looking at her hands. So to this day, I have a clear image of her hands. And, yeah, because yeah, I was really analysing it. Um, yeah, and then the turn of the life machine on the wow. 11th. Wow. So That's, that's why I wanted to have you on this podcast, Lisa, because, you know, as we're going to go on with this podcast, we're going to find out that, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, the healing process and everything, but also that there's life after that. There's mm. hope. Because mm. there are people out there who are going through it and they feel pressured to move on quickly. Mm. That I'm not supposed to feel sad. Even as a Christian, I'm not supposed... But knowing you, how you went through it, mm. you know, I think it will inspire people that, oh, there's life after that. But it's normal for it to also be painful during that Definitely. time. Yes, I remember the first time you shared your testimony about that. <laughs> um... It was in the first time I heard it was you know first love church, yes. first love society in Luton. That was my final year of uni <laughs> when I joined, and when I was scouted by one of the leaders, Miriam, you need to do something for God, <laughs> for the Lord. Yes, and I got to find out that you know God can also use my gifts, which I didn't know. I didn't mm. know that in church God could use your gifts. And I remember there was I think it was it was a music night or games night or whatever. Mm. And you shared your testimony in front of everyone. You seemed very nervous, <laughs> but you shared it. And, yeah, I remember I remember thinking, wow, you would never think that Lisa went through this. And you, you described that when you went through that, you felt like angels. When you were down, you felt like angels yeah. were with you, guiding you during, yeah. those, during this pain. They were guiding you. They were lifting you up. Yeah. Can you share that a bit? Were you nervous about sharing your testimony? Because that was your first time, isn't it? Um, at first, I was nervous, definitely, because I'm kind of a shy person. Are you shy? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but um, the one thing that I wanted to do was help someone else out. So mm. I, I was praying that my testimony would uplift someone else and would let someone know that you can overcome this mm. um, for my reason being here too, to mm. let anyone else know that you can overcome it. Yeah. Um, in regards to the angels bit, um, it was actually when, um, so after the grieving, not mm-hmm. after the grieving, so whilst grieving, yeah. after the funeral, everything, I came back to uni um, and I actually went into my second year at that time, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's while I was in my room one day, um, crying. I, I don't think I've ever cried like that since that day. Um, 
and I was actually writing a note and I don't remember to who could mm-hmm. be God but I was just writing something I was on my knees and I just crying so much that now no sound was coming out it's just air mm, just yeah. kind of cry um barely barely able to breathe kind of cry and I literally felt like my heart was broken into so many pieces that I could die of heartbreak I actually felt like wow. if wow. I drop now that's it that's just it's over I would actually wow. die wow. um and I was praying to God at that time so before that I, I wasn't really a Christian I didn't have a relationship with God I didn't really know Jesus that well um it's through this experience with my mum that I actually turned to him in a wow. way I even yeah. wanted to ask you about that how yeah. did the two even mix because you lose your mom and then you're telling me that you grew in your faith as well. Yeah. yeah, let me let me go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> so before I took it. So basically, the way I got closer to God was um, when I was planning for my mom's funeral. Wow. So wow, wow, wow. The wow. one thing about death is, is there's different stages of things you actually have to face. So. I think the way you find out that someone has passed exactly the emotions after that exactly is the the emotions is something I think no one can actually prepare you for um mm. I think the first step for me was understanding what death meant, so <gasps> that is so good <laughs> that is so good yeah, so, so like good. death one of the things that death meant to me was that one you you can't see the person physically, so that means. They're not in, in, in Africa or they're not in America. They're not in, in, in space. They're literally not on, on earth. this earth anymore. Yeah. And it, and it says in a, it says that um man has a spirit, has a soul and it lives in a body. So it's like the body is here, mm-hmm. but spirit, soul, it's not, here. it's not here. So the person is not here. This body is just a shell. Um, Even the bodies, you, it's not talking It to goes you. back to dust. Yeah, so eventually yeah. <laughs> back to dust you go. Um, so I think that was the first step that you can't hear the voice. You may have a, a video recording or a voice note, something of them, but the person's actually not there. Mm-hmm. So understanding that took a few months, I believe. Mm-hmm. Let's say a few months. Also, by understanding death is understanding that the person is not here, will not be here. Exactly, will not, not be here. here. You're not seeing them again. Okay. So it's not they've gone on holiday, but you've just not seen them at all. Right. Um, then the second step would be that the emotions now come where you miss the person mm. where the pain of it where you, you in a sense you can go crazy from it because it's something you actually do not understand that i'm actually not seeing the person like it's actually not happening as much as you want it it's just not happening mm. um as much as I want ten billion pounds, it's just, it's, it's, I claim it's it. Not, though. Not <laughs> yep. I claim it, but <laughs> so um, for example, when I would walk through town, I would see things that my mum had bought me already, and I'm like, oh, my mum mm-hmm. bought me that, and you would see me crying in the middle of town. Mm. You just see me crying when I'm eating. I just cry. So, do you think that's an important part of grief? Cry. Yeah, that's exactly what I want you to say as well. Because that pe- I feel like as Christians, because I'm a Christian, guys, um, there's a lot, you know, I've, I've seen it before when yeah. you visit you visit 
you know people have lost love loved ones and you hear people say don't cry don't cry god you know and it's like sometimes you feel like if you cry you don't have faith yeah but you're saying that it's part of the process to cry is it okay to cry someone might listen to this (laughs) and think is it okay if i feel sad it doesn't mean that i don't have faith Mm. what Mm. would you say to that I don't think it means you don't have faith, but I think it's just a natural human thing to do that mm. you cry um, when you've lost someone you love with all your heart, like someone who actually was in your life. It wasn't like you hadn't seen them for like two years ago. You haven't seen them for two years or five years. It's yeah. someone who was consistently in your life. So I would say you need that time to cry, mm. to understand for it to sink into your life that okay this person has died you're -hmm. not going to see them so have your time and cry have your time and mourn have your time but the thing is that you should get up from that get up no the whole point is that yes cry mourn do what you need to do but get up that's what happens when people can't get over it they 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 end up some end up taking their life because the pain is too much exactly. because they don't see a way out of it. Exactly. So it's important that that you're saying, oh, you have to find a way to get up again. Exactly. And that way as well. Another thing I'd say is that when you're mourning, you feel a lot of times that nobody understands. And it was funny because my sister lost her mom also, but. At that point, it's like, she doesn't understand what I'm going through. Nobody mm-hmm. understands what I'm going through. My dad lost his wife. I don't think he knows what, what I'm going through. He doesn't understand. So, it's like, people are saying, oh, it's okay, I understand, be strong. But it's like, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Because, <coughs> that's the thing, because a lot of us, we don't know what to say. Exactly. When someone, do, like, what is the right thing to say? That's another thing. Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you actually say? Um... Another thing, maybe one thing you could say is, you can say, oh, they're there for you, they're watching you. Like, other people like that. Me, personally, it kind of annoyed me (laughs) that you're telling me she's watching you, she's there for you, because that's not helping me. I want her here now. Like, I need her here now, but it's not helping me. But I think it depends on each individual person. Okay. Yeah, but... People deal with losses differently. Differently. But I Mm. think... You as a friend to whoever's lost someone, just you know how to approach. So maybe like the one thing that helped me a lot was people's prayers. Because I know people were praying for me. Because I believe that grieving is something you cannot actually overcome by yourself. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. You can. I wouldn't have been able to overcome Mm. this at all by myself. So like when I say face this face the grieving moment cry and everything whilst i was doing that i actually had jesus with me i had god with me Mm. helping me Mm. guiding me um consulting me Mm. um the holy spirit was there you're seeing people's prayers is it the thought of oh people are praying for me that made you feel better or is it actually the power of prayer that you felt that these people's prayers are making me feel better. I don't know if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but I, I think it was more like the power because at that mm-hmm. time, I didn't understand the power of prayer, really. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know too much. So I believe that it was from 
my sister's church, the pastors, mm. family members praying for me. Mm. Um, I believe it's through them that mm-hmm. it actually helped me, and mm-hmm. I believe that it's just through their prayers. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, you did mention steps. You didn't finish. Yeah. You did. The first step is for you to go through is to understand that. You know what? Yeah, we're talking about this, but I think it's important for people who haven't lost loved ones to know because a lot of people have a fear of death, mm. including myself. I'm not going to... That's why I don't have a fear of death, but for me, it's a mystery. Yes. It's a mystery that even now I, I, I don't understand. And God has... I know that God is telling me to understand the purpose mm. of death. Because once you understand it, you know how to deal with it. Mm. If you're so scared of something that you don't want to know, you only live once, so anything that has to know, you're not going to understand. Yeah. You're going to be afraid of it. Yeah. I think it's important to understand, even if you haven't lost anyone, death happens to everybody. Exactly. And it's important to understand the purpose. Exactly. Yeah, it's part think, of life, really. Yeah, it is. I think one thing I would say is that you will never really understand death until it's happened to you. So someone around you that's close has died. That's true. Yeah, you won't really understand it. Because it's just something... <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. one thing I do want to let people know is that it says in the Bible that it's appointed to man to die once. So one thing we all need to understand that we will die and people will die around us that it will happen and it's just to understand that tomorrow's not promised mm. that as me and you speaking now god forbid but we could die mm. tomorrow yeah. like suddenly as i walk out the door suddenly mm-hmm. something could happen it's part of life basically. it's just life and yeah. it's just to make sure that you're living the right life that's i guess good. That's yeah good. That's good, Lisa. <laughs> and also like to not regret because one thing that happens with when you lose something you regret a lot of things i should have been nicer i should have done this oh I should have done that that will always happen it's natural to regret things like i started regretting all the times my mom told me to clean the bathroom to go buy tomatoes go go buy the meat like small small things yeah, i started yeah, regretting yeah, yeah. um but another thing it says in the bible as well that you should not let the sun go down if you basically had an argument with someone yeah. so that's one thing that i always recommend to people that make up is mm. this don't waste time on fighting arguing try address the issue pray about it yeah. but yeah because you just don't know when you're gonna die because yeah, that's yeah. a way also for you to help you to know that you know when you had that argument you settled it so exactly. that's a way to lessen at least a little bit any yeah. regret that may come after that because regrets will come yeah. <laughs> so what's the process for you was to understand death that oh the person is not here exactly then okay. emotions emotions to deal with the emotions to understand what i'm actually going through because um what happened then was that i actually fell into depression where Indeed. i would turn to drinking where i tried to block out what i'm going through i try to forget deny it denying it denying it forgetting it don't bring it up let me continue to live my best life during that time did you have relationship with christ not really but i was getting there because at that time when i was depressed like there was one time i remember we were at the train tracks and i was just looking at the train tracks and i thought what if i just fell into the train tracks as the train is coming so i had suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. a lot but what actually stopped me was that even though i wasn't a strong christian 
and you that if you suicide do suicide you go to hell and i thought hmm that's something that people will not understand people don't understand but i thought hmm if i'm suffering now and hell is meant to be worse than earth then i don't really want to go there (laughs) so i never ended up actually killing myself that's another conversation Uh, because people might think why why if i was depressed and i kill myself why would god that's another thing. Yeah. Only to be honest, for things like this, I'm like, God is the ultimate judge. Yeah. There are things you won't know. Whether someone goes to hell, you don't actually. It's God all. that would that yeah. knows in yeah. His mercy and. Yeah. But yeah, that stops you. That no, I, I know that is not the right thing to do. Exactly. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um. So I never did that. But um, when I was planning my mum's funeral, um, mm-hmm. we were looking at a lot of gospel songs for her funeral. Yeah. Um, so I came across a lot of gospel songs. Um, I was actually trying to find that one particular song that really helped me in my journey of overcoming. It was just really uplifting, talking about how you've lost someone and how to lean on God. And I was like, ah, but who is this God guy? <laughs> like, who is God? I don't understand. Um, but for some reason, I just kept playing these songs because one thing about these songs was that they were bringing me peace and yeah. warmth that no one could give me. While I felt alone and wounded and depressed, these songs were just uplifting me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't understand what it was. What are some of the songs that you listen to? I was, I was trying to remember, but there's this one song I was really trying to remember. But one of the songs, um, especially musician, was William um, McDowell. Good. He's William so good. McDowell, oh my days. <laughs> a lot of William McDowell songs. There's so many. Mm. Um there's just too many. But maybe made away. You did mention Travis Green. Yeah, that was Travis yeah. Green. Um he helped me in uni a lot. Mm. Um, especially in my third year. Um one of his songs, um, Made Away. Mm. I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of songs. So these songs, um, so gradually I started listening to these songs and these songs had Bible scriptures in it. So it's very important actually, if you listen to gospel songs, try listen to the ones that have scriptures that will actually lead you back to the word, back to the Bible. Mm. Um, so through that, I started getting interested in God and trying to find out who's God, Jesus. So I ended up going to church. So I went to uh, Mustard Seeds, a lighthouse. Mm. You said that you hadn't been to church in for ages. <sighs> I was dodging church. My yeah. sister was trying to get me to church. My mum was trying to. I wasn't having it. Baby girl lifestyle was not church lifestyle. Mm, let me live my life in uni lifestyle. <laughs> um, so gradually I actually went to Mustard Seed then eventually I went to First Love Church. Okay. So it was First Love Church that really helped me get closer to God um, where I understood that it was only through God that I'd be able to overcome mm. this situation. Um, so that comes back to that story I was telling you where I was in my room crying yeah, and um, he thought angels exactly i was crying um and i was like god if you don't pick me up off this floor right now i would die <laughs> literally mm-hmm. i'm going to die and what? i heard a voice in my head or just a voice it was my own voice but i know it was me speaking telling me forgive him forgive him and i was like forgive who what are you talking i'm telling you i'm going to die if you don't pick me up and it's just like forgive me and the face that came into my mind was my dad 
Wow. Yeah. He's telling me, forgive, forgive, forgive your dad. Because at that time, I still hadn't gotten on with my dad. And wow. at that time, I was like, God, why did you take my mum and not take my dad? Wow. I didn't understand. Because my, me and my dad went through a lot where, actually, at one point, I wished my dad was dead. Mm. I said some horrible things to my dad. Um, but I just didn't understand why you would take the one that I love and wow. leave the one that I didn't love. So he was telling me, forgive, forgive, forgive. And I just said, okay. So when I said, okay, I felt it was just, I felt like two hands grabbed my arms and just picking me off the floor and just picking me up and just something hugging me and telling me, it's going to be okay. Mm. So I feel like it was grief, but it was also anger that you felt. So Both much. of them were strong. So much. And unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is such a powerful thing when you don't forgive. Um, it destroys you, I think. Very much so. It, it, you think that not talking to the person affects the person, but affects you more than the person itself. So, like, forgiving is so important in mm. life as a Christian in your own walk. Um, so when I actually forgave my dad for things that he may have done and things <laughs> I may have done to him, yeah. um, things like getting so much better. I yeah. felt peace. It's actually wow. the wound, the loss, the, the anger, the it's grieving wow. that I felt actually left. Wow. And it's like, I don't know, it's because... I was angry at my dad. It was adding more fire to the morning. Or I don't, I don't know what it was. But as soon as I forgave my dad, it actually left. Wow. Um, and things were getting brighter. And I was trying to understand my dad. And one thing I found out about my dad, that his dad died when he was 10. So it explained mm -hmm. a lot to why he wasn't able to communicate with his own children very well. He didn't sometimes have a father figure. Yeah, that's what it is sometimes. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot. Sometimes you mm. actually need to understand your parents. There's mm -hmm. a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so after that, life started getting a little bit brighter. Mm -hmm. um, but then came another stage of life where <laughs> now I'm a young woman. Yeah. I'm going into my third year. Mm -hmm. um, when we were looking for houses at uni... Mm -hmm. When we found a house, all my housemates be calling up the parents. Oh, mum, yeah, we yeah, got yeah, we got yeah. a house. Da, da, da. And I was just there like, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So I think that was another stage. So now... Oh. So it's like you had... Okay, so you went through the period of, oh my gosh, I feel... I, I, Lord, pick me up. Otherwise, I don't think I'll get through it. And then when God uh, put in your spirit that you also have unforgiveness in your heart. So yes. when you released it... yeah. You feel like you surrendered. Yeah. And the pain kind of subdued a little bit. A little, yeah. So it's like, okay, cool, I'm 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 going forward little mm -hmm. by little. Mm -hmm. But then there are moments where it's like, oh, someone is with their mother and it's like, oh yeah. So how do I deal with that? Yeah. And yeah. Then another moment as well is that people forget. So someone's died two weeks, one month, everyone's like, Oh, so free lost and then mm -hmm. afterwards everyone's just back to their normal mm -hmm. life but it's like you the person that is in that situation is still going through the war zone of overcoming things whilst people around you forget yeah so that's another thing i experienced where people around me my friends in uni forgot that she's lost her mom just 
a few months ago yeah. or a year ago. But yeah. I was still there overcoming things bit by bit. So that was one of the hard things to um, overcome. So like, mm-hmm. it's like, don't get angry at people for not understanding because mm-hmm. like I said, no one can understand death But that means you're still healing, isn't it? I'm still, still healing. healing. It's a process. And I had to yeah. understand that people won't understand what you're going through because it's it's not easy. <laughs> but um, yeah, eventually I got used to So then it had to be like getting used to living my life now without my mum. Mm, so that was part of the process. Exactly. Yeah. Now getting used to, okay, so now you have to make decisions without consulting your mum. Now you have to make your own decision. Now you have to think about your life with doubt. So then things like marriage, your future husband, yeah. introducing small, small things like that. Like that's where impact pop up. impact comes in because you remember the old conversation that you had with your mom. Yes, and then you have to relate with this situation. Exactly. What did she say four years ago? You're trying to get advice from what she said in the past. Exactly. So this is why I'm so grateful for my mother that she was an image, like a role model, yeah. because. One thing I learned from her, like, because I was kind of really childish and immature, my mum didn't really tell me too much about life, adult life, because she just saw me as a baby still. So that's one thing that I never got to talk to about my Mm mum and adult life. But one thing I learned from her is to always be polite, always be happy, always smiling. She was always laughing. So naturally, when you see me now, I'm always smiling. You're always smiling. smiling, (laughs) You're always, you have a beautiful smile as well. Oh, amen. (laughs) But I'm always smiling, always smiling, giggling. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm nervous, I'm laughing. (laughs) When I'm angry, I'm laughing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's one thing I've picked up from her and just remembering her. Mm -hmm. She had such an impact in my life that one major thing I remember was Jesus and God and Christianity. Like she Christ- put that seed in you. In me. But mm. I didn't know, but it was in me. Mm. And it's like, people think it's pretty harsh to say this, but my mum's death actually helped me get closer to God. Wow. So it's actually, wow. a, you can say her death in a way is a blessing, but yeah. it's a bit horrible to say, but it's like, I take it as a blessing yeah. because... If my mom was still here, I probably wouldn't have mm. noticed God, wouldn't have mind God. Um, I think in a way, he was like, I'm here also, mm. Lisa. Mm. Like, I've been here, but you're not listening yeah. to me. So I'm here now. Mm. Like, I've always said. Yeah. That's what the Bible also talks about, you know, turning, um, you know, whatever you're going through into good. There's exactly. a specific verse. But before we talk more about impact, I also want to ask about, um, you know how you said that you thought on forgiveness mm. during that time and that may have added to the pain that you felt mm. during that time. Do you think that that same forgiveness that you had towards your dad is what some people may have towards the person that has died? Because sometimes it's like that same unforgiveness, like I'm angry mm. at my parent that died. And it's like maybe it's that unforgiveness that's making it harder for you to move on. This could be it as well. It could be. Don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah, it could be. There, there was a time where I was angry at my mom for leaving me. I was yeah. like, how could you leave me? Like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, like, unforgiveness is, is not, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. It's, not good. Um, it's something that um, just opens other doors into your life that you don't mm-hmm. want. Um definitely forgiving that person is so so important 
um, at the end of the day, that person probably didn't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't ready to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some certain reason, they're passed on. Yeah, and then the most important thing is that you forgive that person and don't let it impact you for the rest of your life. Mm. Try and overcome, address it. And that's why the most important thing is addressing the death situation, that understanding that this person has died. So try not to deny it. Don't deny it. Because mm. I've met people that didn't do the grieving process, lived their life, five years later, have a breakdown. Mm. Have a breakdown. Because mm. you, it will... No matter if the person died five years ago, six years ago, you will always remember the person in yeah. a way. And it will always have an impact on you. So if you don't grieve at that point and you have a breakdown, mm-hmm. it will all hit you mm. at that certain moment. Yeah. And you, you don't want that to happen. You yeah. want to do it early. Yeah. And it's important, I think, for people to talk about it as well. Definitely. To have someone to talk about. You seeking help, you know, you may even want to go to it. There are counsellors out there mm. who specific, who specialize in grief mm, mm, and mm. dealing with loss you may yeah. have you may want to go and see that you may have to talk to so it doesn't mean that you don't have faith it just yeah. means that you need help yeah during those times definitely and one thing i would recommend like if you are in a church mm-hmm. or you have an elder speak to your shepherd mm. speak to your elder because not only are you confiding in them and telling them what you're going through but you're giving them an opportunity to pray for you to send angelic help to you mm-hmm. to just ask god for extra support you know mm-hmm. um and they probably can tell you many more things about death you probably have questions yeah and like, why be able does to, it happen why do people die that's the question that everyone go? has <laughs> yeah. everything and i'll probably be able to break it down to you more um mm. and definitely definitely talk about it yeah address it yeah, let me share something quickly. Mm. Um, I remember there was a time in my life here, yeah, what we're discussing right now, we're talking about grief, but it could, you know, it doesn't, it may have, it may be heartbreak, sorry, for some people. It may not be grief. And there was a time in my life where I was going through a very difficult time. Sometimes you feel like you're dying, mm. though you're not dead. Pain is pain. Mm. And there was a time when I was going through pain. Like, mm. it was a tough time. It was around, you know, 2017 or something because you know i had done everything that i could do and i could still not find a way i had applied for so many jobs and i felt like i had tried i feel like life was in my hands and i had done what i could do so what is life after that Mm. if i had tried everything and because i was so much in pain of the fact that no one was giving me a chance at that time I pushed God away mm. because I felt like, you know why though? Because I felt like God, I, I had that image of God being a father who would tell me to just get over it. Mm. I thought that God would tell me to get over it. That if I had, if I opened the Bible, I would read the scripture saying, Da-da-da-da-da. so God would force me to get over it, get over it. You're a Christian, get over it. And see, because I had that really Mm, twisted my mm. image of god i didn't spend time with god because i i wanted to lord let me get over it first before i spend time with you because i don't want to feel forced mm. to get over it mm-hmm. and so i pushed god away and you know what god told me in the midst of the storm but also the silence mm-hmm. god told me miriam god is very compassionate mm. he's he's very oh. compassionate how he loves he doesn't <laughs> push us. He's very compassionate. And God told me that, Miriam, it's normal for you to feel sad at this situation. Mm. 
it's normal for you to feel sad because you've applied, you've done this, you've gone there and nothing is not working. It's normal for you to feel sad. And my job in your life is to walk with you during the storm mm. to the other side. Mm. It's to walk with you during the storm. And so I want to encourage everyone that, you know, God is there to walk with you. And if you don't believe in God, I believe that life without God is pretty dull and is is hopeless. So for me, God at, at that time, yeah, taught me that, yo, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm walking with you. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just thought I'd share that. Um, so Lisa, we've spoken, you know, you've given your advice. Um but what are some of the tips that you would give people to not fall in a state of complete desperation? Um, so because it's a thin line. Yeah. Some people just can't take it. So what would you say yeah, to people to just not fall too deep? <laughs> <clears throat> so one thing I'd say definitely is that to remind you that you're actually not alone as you're going through this. Mm. Um, a lot of times I felt like I was. But that's when I realised I wasn't, especially with God by my side. Um, if you are a Christian, if you're not a Christian, I'll just tell you, God is always with you, has been with you, will always be with you. Um, another scripture I actually wanted to share was mm -hmm. um, Isaiah 41, 13, where it says, For I am the Lord your God, keep hold of your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, do not fear I will help you. Um, it's the amplified version. This was one scripture that I held on to, especially in third year, where it was very difficult. Mm. Um, was it because of the studies or was it because of the dissertation, um, <laughs> uni, <laughs> everything, um, still overcoming things, um, where I realised, you know, God is actually there helping you overcome everything step by step. And it's like, as I said, to face the grieving, but to also to overcome. That's the main thing, to mm -hmm. overcome. And by overcoming is leaving your burdens in front of God, That's telling good. God what you're going through. Don't just sit there in silence, but actually cry out to God. I feel like this. I hate this. I hate this person. Even if you've never spoken to God before, do Ever it. Ever do it. It's, it doesn't have to be over spiritual thing at all. It's literally just talking and saying, God, here I am. This is my name. This is what I'm going through. Help me. And God will help you. He will uphold you. He will strengthen you. He will send the Holy Spirit. He will consult. He will consult you. He will guide you. And one thing I always say to people: He will give you power and strength and love, and a sound mind. That's good. That's what God does. He gives you a sound mind through your torments, as Miriam said, through the war, everything. He will literally tell you, "It's okay." We're going to get through this. So I just exactly. want to remind everybody that you're never alone. God is by your side and he's literally just waiting for you. He's, his hands are out. He just wants you to grab them mm. and be encouraged. Yeah. And let's talk about impact now. Mm. Um, wow. Impact, I think, is a very important part of the discussion. So <laughs> I love talking about impact and I never really thought about it mm. until, let's say, a few years ago. Uh, the importance of impact even after death mm. because 
you know, when we, we caught up, me and Lisa caught up last week after like how many months of not oh, seeing each other. Wow. But it's like, it's very, it was very natural. And we started talking about, you know, impact and just the impact that a few people have had on, in our lives. Mm. And some of the names that we mentioned were people that have passed away, mm. such as Dr. Miles Monroe, mm. who, you know, he's an amazing, amazing, amazing. man. And he's passed away, but his books... Mm. And he's preaching. Mm, mm, mm. He's still blessing us. So blessed. Guys, I watch YouTube videos of his preaching. You know, at the end, he has, you know, prayers for the people listening. And I get up <laughs> and I receive it. Amen. And there's still power in what he he says, you know. And, you know, we also spoke about Richard. Mm. Which, for those who don't know, he was one of our youth leaders. He's mm. honestly, for me, and I believe for you also, Lisa, one of the people who really... The one person. <laughs> um, how do you even explain it? Guided us. In who guided spiritual. us in our spiritual yeah. life. Yeah. For me to find out that God could also use me. Mm. He likes my personality. Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, he likes my personality. He likes <laughs> me. He likes all of me. He wants all of me. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> and you spoke about the fact that how when he passed away, it was painful. He passed away last year, 2018. Yeah. It was painful because, as I said, it is painful. Death is a painful thing to mm. go through. Um, like, you know, grief. Yeah. But we spoke about the fact that though he passed, his impact, I mean, mm. I mean, the impact goes beyond, beyond, goes beyond. beyond everything. And so, as we spoke, we thought about the importance of impact. Mm. What, do you, what, what do you think impact is, Lisa? And how important do you think it is to live life, yeah? Because these days, people say YOLO. You only live once. <laughs> as young people, <clears throat> we don't want to think about death because maybe we think that it's going to bring us bad luck mm. or it's morbid. Mm. We don't think about legacy. At all. Um, I think legacy and impact is so important. Um you know, everyone always leaves a certain impact where, especially when you die. So, I don't know, Jack the Ripper <laughs> killed lots of people. I mean, we all know about the story. But, like, for example, um, Richard, who yes. both guided us spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely my shepherd. Like, <laughs> taught me everything. Taught me mm-hmm. how I can become a worker for God. How I can personally get to know Jesus. Um, I think the most important thing is that even though Richard has passed away, we still talk about him. Yeah. And I still remember his teaching, his ways, his guidance that I used on myself practically for my own shepherding and, and guiding people. So I think impact is so, so important that when you die, you should the people on earth should still be able to use your teachings, your guidance, your way of things in mm-hmm. their current life, if you understand. Yeah. So like, it's important. It's, it's, it's important. To think about impact as people who are living. All the time. I prayed that. I was One of my prayers is that, that as the Lord is blessing me, may I be a blessing unto someone else. That that so. person will be a blessing unto someone else and so and so on. Mm-hmm. Like I always pray that, you know, may the Lord renew my mind, renew my heart, renew, and guide my tongue that as I speak, any sentence that I may say, there may be a blessing onto someone, mm. a guidance onto someone. That like it doesn't have to be over spiritual. I said, or like just something the character, small. How yeah, you act how but you are. How honestly, you smile. my smile. Like it even goes back to just customer service when you're working on the phone. It's actually very important how you greet a person, especially if you work in a cafe shop. That person could be the first 
you could be the first person that that person has seen mm-hmm. spoken to so however you introduce yourself could impact a whole day mm-hmm. actually so i think it's really important that the way you speak to people your everyday life and it's not about giving them an image it's just about you who you are what you want to leave to the person you know that mm-hmm. if that person meets you the first day today and that's the last time they see you they'll always remember you mm. i met this person i don't even know their name but they said distant distant to me so mm. let me see to be honest i think that you you are a very beautiful person lisa Stop it. And, you're, <laughs> and you're you're very strong you're you're strong and i believe that Grace. whether you realize it or not you have impact even just mm-hmm. the person that you are the the aura that you you bring out is impactful to people. By yeah? the grace, by the grace. So <laughs> you spoke a little bit about you know the impact that you want to have, but it's like what legacy would you would you want would you want to leave? Mm. You know what? How would you want people to remember? You did mention before when we discussed <laughs> at the Korean restaurant last week <laughs> that you know now when you see people you you know as a Christian mm. you think are they saved? Yeah, you have that. Did that mindset occur when you developed a relationship with Christ, or is it that your mom's death that made you think, "Wait, this, is this person saved?" Um, so that mindset came when I actually developed developed my relationship with mm. Christ, where I really learned about salvation and life and death. Mm. So life after um, mm-hmm. death, um, and where I learned about what it means to be a born again Christian. Um, you know, John three three, John John three four. Um, where I really learned about salvation prayer and it, it made me think a lot because I understand the impact of, of death mm, what it does how it affects people and when I learned about I don't know if you know the story about Lazarus the rich man and the, the poor man that when he died so basically when he died he went to hell and he asked for a drop of water so I don't know when, when it's hot I want a bottle or like a whole gallon this this rich man asked for a drop of water so Mm -hmm. it made me think how hot is hell how how much are you tormented in hell that you're asking for a drop of water Mm -hmm. so it made me think a lot like as people are dying it's also in the bible says be a witness so it's actually our job as christians to not just to receive and receive the blessing but it's actually our job to go into the world to let other people know about christ Mm -hmm. and one of the main reasons why I obviously like to tell people about Christ is because of salvation. But also, we all go through things in life. It's not always death, but it's depression. Yeah. Other things that we go through in life that just... That feels like death, basically. Exactly. That yeah. feels like death. And and just words and, and counselling by friends or whatnot will not help you. But Jesus Christ can help mm. And that's why I like people telling about Christ a lot because I know when, when I've gone through my deepest times in life, it's only God that helped me, that consulted mm-hmm. me, that strengthened me to mm-hmm. to wake up the next day and smile. So yeah. even when your relationship with God was not tight, you just know God God was I need there. help right yeah. now. Yeah. I need I need you to pick me up right now. And that's I don't know where you are, I need help. Honestly. Yeah. And that's why I always tell people like even if you have not been living the Christian life, if you've been living the worst life, if you've been doing things that is not Christ-like, mm. don't think God will not 
accept you do not think that god won't come to your rescue because when i didn't know god at all living my baby girl lifestyle god came to me and he uplifted me and helped me so it's like never be ashamed never let satan think you're dirty enough mm. to to come to god yeah but yeah so. yeah guys know that you're not alone at all go know that you're not alone Know that there are people out there to help you, no matter what you're going through. I had a hard time before sharing things because, like, it's my business. <laughs> yeah. But I realized the importance of talking with someone, even as that's why I love this podcast. Yeah. Because even talking with Lisa, I believe if you felt good talking, mm, isn't it? You definitely. Did, you did something. You <laughs> did something. Yes. Um, you know, you can you can see someone if if you're a Christian. There are pastors, there are mm. people out there to help you, even if you're not. You know what? God is there. God, God doesn't look at you and say you've done this and that, so I'm not going. No, no, but no, I'm not going to help. <laughs> God, God is very compassionate. Very. He's so compassionate, you will not understand. Yeah. So just know that you're not alone, and there's life after that. Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your story. No problem. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, my dear. <laughs> and I want to share this uh, poem to end this episode. It's by, what did you say? Lisa? Is it amazing? Amazing. <laughs> it's by Morgan Harper Nichols. Mm. Um, she's amazing. And I just wanted to share this with you guys. Here it goes. Listen. Listen to the way your heart beats and has continued to beat through the wild of all you have been through, proving that there is still so much more to you and you survived much more than you ever thought you would be able to. And on those days where your progress does not feel like very much and you find yourself wondering if you will ever be enough, remember that a few hundred nights ago, you were not sure you'd make it here. But here you are, living on the other side of your fears. And even though you are still waiting for so many things to fall in place, you are not just waiting you are growing into who you were meant to be. And maybe some of the things you thought you wanted were actually rooted in something deeper that went beyond what you could see. And maybe you will start to see those deeper, richer things when you focus more on growing and less on worrying, letting everything fall in place the way it's supposed to even if it ends up looking a little different than you were expecting. I know it doesn't feel like it in the present moment, but you have already lived through so many experiences like this. Through the highs and lows, surprises and disappointments, you have learned to keep living. You have learned the art of letting go of the way things used to be, while facing new unknowns. You have already been strong, you have already been brave, and all of this is a part of who you are today. So when you start to feel you don't have what it takes, remember the courage you found last year. Remember the way you rose above the fears that you were not worthy of being here. Through it all, your heart persisted. You learned the ropes of being brave, and the courage you found back then is still with you today. May you never discredit how far you have come and the courageous inner work you have already done. Acknowledge your own endurance. You are allowed to own your story and the journey of who you are becoming. Listen, 
Listen to the way your heart beats and has continued to beat through the wild of all you have been through, proving that even here, after everything, there is still so much more to you. Morgan Harper Nichols. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your story once again. And thank you for listening, everyone.